Grow Great is a city government leadership podcast with Lisa Norris and me, Randy Cantrell. Each week we share insights, experiences, and wisdom to help you and your leadership grow great. Our website is growgreat.com. So we've talked in, in our multi-part series, Randy, on hybrid work teams and what makes those work. Every time, by the way, we've done you this what? is two series back to back. I don't want people thinking, well, here we go again. We got another part. This is this is a second series that we've done. We'll give it a break after this one. So. Well, it just warrants it versus a five-hour conversation. We want to split it into many, many parts. Yeah, that's exactly (laughs) right. Yeah, five-hour or or longer. That's right. And so we've talked about uh, the culture, you know, how to to sustain a culture in a hybrid workplace. We kind of led to the intro on just generally the challenges and the benefits of a hybrid workplace. But let's talk a little bit more about eligibility. Uh, what, What makes a workplace work for hybrid? For having alternate, you know, some people in the office, some people out of the office, et cetera. And I think before the show started, you and I were talking and we're really, our hand is being forced into this. Yeah. Right. I mean, we have to be able to compete for people. It's probably and- easier to talk about who, who isn't eligible, you know, the ineligible. And we've mentioned the two big ones for city government and that's police and fire. Yeah, and I think the reasons are obvious. And obviously, utility workers, like you, yeah, you, if you're working the infrastructure and the water lines, you just can't do that from home. Maintenance right. groups, uh, building inspectors have to inspect buildings. Now, could they do some of their work, like if they're doing reports and stuff? Uh, you know, you'd have to you'd have to explore that. But you're right. There's just some groups that can't do it. So, and that leads to the segue of what makes somebody eligible. In my opinion. The key. Somebody that, as long as they're not in that ineligible group, they're going to be, gonna be <laughs> eligible at some point. Well, the, and it's exactly that. It comes down to the scope of the job, the, the duties and the responsibilities and the tools needed to perform it. If those have to be in the city and boots on the ground in order to do that, obviously those jobs are going to be ineligible to work from home, but you're going to have to define them. Right. If, it so can't easily, if it can't easily and conveniently, especially if you're a high customer service operation like Grand Prairie is, if it can't be done to those standards remotely, then it won't be done. That's right. But just tap the brakes because there may come a time where it can be done. You know, because we don't know what the future holds. It's the, yeah. the landscape has changed from 2020 significantly for all of us. Um, all of us redesigning these beautiful buildings and workspaces that now ha- have few people in them. Yep. I go to Sam's yesterday. So yesterday we're, we're hitting, we're recording these in advance, big shock. So yesterday was Labor Day Monday and Rhonda's office needed some soft drinks and stuff. And we typically make a Sam's run on their behalf for that. Well, like an idiot, I wasn't thinking, you know, so we, we load up in the car and we're going to go to Sam's well us and everybody else in else in North Texas so we go in I've never seen this so we go in and the lady you know at the front that checks your ID and whatnot your membership there are no carts there are no carts and people are lined up waiting for the cart guys to go fetch these things and I said I've never seen this before and I've been a Sam's member for decades and she said 
It's been this way all day long. Now, football season has begun, so people are buying TVs like crazy. But, I mean, the the, the checkout counters are, I mean, they are, and it's mostly self-checkout. There's 10 people in every lane. So I have the app. Sam's Club has an app, and you can scan your products with your phone, check out on your phone, and just stroll right out. Well, now, that's what I do anyway, but I sure was doing Now, Rhonda's, she hadn't seen this. So we put something in the cart, you know, Cokes or whatever. I just shoot the barcode. Bam, it confirms it. I keep adding to it. I keep adding to it. I'm like, yep, that's all I want. I slide with my thumb. I'm going to pay for it. Pay for it. And we just stroll right on out. And meanwhile, there's all these people. There's hundreds of people in the checkout. I mean, I don't know how old that app is. That's just one illustration of even in a physical world where you got to go get the stuff and put it in your in your shopping cart. But there is this technology. I encountered a human when I walked in who checked the ID, and I encountered the person at the at the door when you check out who checks the digital receipt. She just I held up my phone. She scanned the barcode and did the checkout. I didn't encounter anybody else. That that would not have been possible, I'll dare say, five years ago. So the technology... No, because we've all been in Sam's or Costco, and I mean, it's like, please, you're on the right side, cart's on the left side. <laughs> you know, yeah. I mean, there was no trust. It's like, I need your card, I need your ID, That's right. pay. I mean, but they had com complete control of your products, right? And yeah. checking them out. Yeah. You know, so the work... The work looks different, but if you think about yourself as a shopper, that looks very different. I would dare say most everybody listening to us, the majority of your retail shopping dollars go to Amazon. Well, that used to not be the case, but that's the well, case now. And look at Walmart. Walmart used to be a predominantly, they'd have three or four checkout, self-checkout, and all the rest were people. Yeah. And now you've seen them completely. Now the Walmarts I go to, both ends have like 20 self-checkout. And right. they've got like five aisles in the middle of if you want a person to check you out. And half the time, there's, they're not manned. Half of them are closed down. Right. Because, well, because everybody is more efficient themselves yeah. checking stuff out than waiting in line well, and the for a customer buying, to check them out. I mean, buying stuff, to check them, the people check them buying out. stuff online and then going to pick it up, you know, pulling in one of those numbered bays and... The you curbside to get out to your to car. So all of that just speaks to the technological changes, which I think are going to continue to change people that we may think, well, they're not eligible today. Well, just just wait. Some road maintenance, utility workers, police and fire, like we said, those are technology is never going to alter. It's going to impact their work, their workflow and their ability to be efficient. But it's not going to eliminate their need to be present. That's right. So there's a human component to that that has to be present. Yeah, to well, serve. It's, it's hands on a tool. It's hands on a gun. It's it's hands, you know, on a fire hose. And but or in the case a, of paramedics, hands correct. like a doctor, hands on the person. Yep. I mean, you can't just have That's right. a robot come in and do that for you because each circumstance is human and it's different. So, you know, we talk about that. So the scope of duties is key. I mean, all that goes back to that very point. The scope of duties is key and it is evolving and it is changing. 
and we have to adapt to survive or we're not going to have workers. So we are going to have to figure out where we need workers and where we need to compete for workers uh, and what that workplace needs to look like to secure them, to secure the people needed to do the jobs. Um, secondly, we've talked a lot, you know, about equality. Equality, it's, you know, you hear it, I, it has to be fair. You and I talked about it has to be equal, you know, and equal or fair. They're, they're two different words. And so much of that, I, it comes down to if you are going to do a hybrid citywide or corporation-wide, we have to figure out what that looks like to make sure there's no one group getting more benefits than another group unless it's warranted. For instance, the big discussion is, should we do one or two days work from home? And I think it's important that as a city, we keep that fairly consistent because people talk. You don't want one group saying, well, I'm fully remote. And another group saying, well, why can't we be fully remote? You know, that creates internal tension that you don't mm -hmm. want to have, that you want to limit. So there is a, an, a component of it when you're talking about eligibility to make it consistent, which to me rolls up to a policy. We need, we had to implement a telecommuting policy. It would just gave guidelines of if you are going to telecommute, here's the basics. Right. It wasn't extensive, but it is a policy that outlines the basic expectations and components because why do rules need to be stated? Because somebody breaks them. Yep. You have to establish them up front so that if there is poor behavior executed from any disciplinary, from any policy, you have to have something to hold them to it. So I do believe you have to establish some protocols and policies so the expectation is clear no matter who's going out. Um, but we're never going to legislate or mandate uh, jealousy to be removed from the workplace on this or any other issue. No, so, as it leader, is going to happen. Yeah, brace yourself. It's going to happen. You need to be prepared on how you're going to address it. Uh, because some jobs are going to be just super conducive in today's technical world. Some positions are going to be very conducive for it. And, and others are going to be really challenging. Maybe it could happen. Maybe it couldn't happen. But it's not going to be quite the no-brainer of somebody else's position. And that's just the nature of the work. And I would say it's got it's got less to do with Lisa or Randy. It's got more to do with Lisa's role. Lisa's function is X. Randy's function is Y. They are not the same. Yeah. They're just not. And it's interesting because a component. I know it is a different. It is a different topic, but it is very interrelated. Is you see more and more cities. I believe the most recent one was Forney that just went to a four day work schedule where they are shut down on Fridays or some cities may be shut down on like on a Monday. I mean, I don't know what those schedules look like. I haven't investigated them myself. We always call that there's a hybrid work schedule, which is alternate work site and in-person work site, like at city hall. And then there's flexible schedules, which means instead of working eight to five, you might work seven to four, seven 30 to four 30, nine right. to six, you know, whatever. And there's typically some core hours defined, but you're kind of seeing a blend here because it gets to the same point. If you were doing a four-day work week, you cut out a day of utilities and infrastructure needs and water and, you know, all this other stuff. But at the same point, as with our other discussion, you have to figure out at your city, does that work? Will that work for you? Um, as you look at that, you have to consider, should we have, I call it pods, you know, uh, the 
our fire chief during COVID went to pods where he had certain stations that may have been open, you know, to, to keep everybody together, things like that. Um, so that COVID didn't spread, but maybe there's a section like where we have a huge city hall. If we were to consider that moving in the future, it might be that you have to look at a pod because there may be some workers that can't do four day work weeks. So is a pod, care is, issues. A pod a, is a pod like a physical Maybe a section that you can plug and play. I call it plug and play. You can come in and work where they don't have to. One person's in HR, one person's in building inspections, one person's in marketing. Gotcha, if gotcha. You have a so pod they like can plug and play. Work, a common workspace. Yeah. Yes, it. exactly. Okay. So, but you'll, you know, every, every, every organization looking at that has to assess what are the pros, what are the cons, and listen to the employees, what are the needs that we need to address to make it effective. And that's no different than a hybrid workplace if you're considering it for eligibility. What would make it efficient? I, I do believe it's very important that you listen to your people. You may not be able to make every one of them happy, but if you hear them, you could probably eliminate some of the concerns by understanding what the questions are. How would it work? What is expected? Do we have to provide our own equipment? All of those are factors. Um and you, as we mentioned, the eligibility needs to really focus on also, you need to manage them well if you have non-exempt or hourly workers and make sure that they're just not working extra hours and just reporting seven to four. You know, that can be challenging in and of itself, no different than it is at work. You, If they come in early, you know, you need not be logging on. You can eat at your desk. You, we don't want you starting work until X time. Uh, making sure they're balancing an eight-hour day, whatever that looks like, or a, whatever their work schedule is, nine hours, 10 hours, whatever. So all of those eligibility factors, you have to, they're, they're the same things you have to consider whether they're physically here or whether they're elsewhere. Um, and work schedules are one of those. How will you, we define in our telecommuting policy and in our memo that they have to sign, we define what their work hours are and what their lunch is. So if they want to work, you know, I don't know what it would be. Let's say it's normally eight to five and they want to work 830 to five. Well, then that means they only get a half an hour lunch and we define it. And in our policy, we just make sure they tell us I'm out for lunch. And I'm back from lunch. Right. Not that we don't trust them, but it lets us know when they're away and they're not going to be responsive. Right. So it's communication. It's what I call good communication. Um, I, I tell them it's not that I'm checking in on you but I let you take out your lunch whenever you need to. If you need to, you know, you have somebody coming to install a dryer and you need that one hour at, from 10 to 11 instead of 12 to one, then that's your lunch hour. I don't care when right. you take it. Right. But it's all about good communication. And that is, is part of, you know, we talked about culture in the previous episode, but also that goes with, with the, uh, um, the product, I mean, I'm sorry, the uh, eligibility too, you have to have a team that communicates well and understands the expectations around that communication to make them eligible to work and to demonstrate productivity as part of that eligibility. And lastly, the component of eligibility in my mind is hiring right. You've got to hire the right people with the right integrity, the best way that you can to make sure your team stays strong and that the expectation of every existing team member is incorporated into new team members, that they hold up their end of the bargain as a team and as a unit, that they're responsible for one another. Uh, that that has to be a component of eligibility because not all workers are created the same. 
and they need to understand if they don't uphold their end, it can be revoked. And we also put that in our memo. And we've had to do that before. We've had to say, you know what, you weren't available. You you were out of pocket for over four hours without response to text, phone, teams. That's unacceptable. And we had to remove it. Uh, and that was frustrating for the member. But at the same time, I expect communication. And it was relayed up front what that communication was, that communication expectation was. Well, and I'll tell you in the future that a person like that is not going to be revoked. They're just going to be terminated. Yeah. You're going to you're going to have to be a high performer in that. Efficiency is driving it all. And right now, the big driver, especially I think in city government is the talent pool. Hiring is a real difficult thing, and you've got a workforce that largely is demanding the ability to work like this. As time moves on, I think the conversation is going to be a bit different. It's going to be it's going to be efficiency. There was a time right. well before my days where you went into, you know, the local grocer and you gave them your list. They stepped and fetched all the items that you wanted in the store. I mean, it wasn't until I think it was, I don't quote me on this, but I mean, it was, it was the early part of the century, you know, when this, this funny named little grocer called Piggly Wiggly decided to let shoppers go pull off the shelf their own items. And we can't imagine, we can't imagine going into a store and handing them our, here's our list, you know, here, go get that for me. We can't imagine that world. We've got kids who are going to grow up and they're not going to know what it is to have somebody check us out. And as you said about the self-checkout, and you hear some older folks moan and groan about it, but if given the opportunity to have somebody check me out or to check myself out, I'm, I'm in self-checkout all day long every time i'm more every efficient time. every time <laughs> and that's what's going to happen the efficiency is going to be driving this bus and so right now we're approaching it and here's the lesson the lesson is we've entitled this series figuring out figuring this out because we're going to have to continue to do that this isn't a one size yeah. it's all and it's not that's okay right. we're going to we're going to figure out for 2023 this is what it'll look like it's going to look different in 2024, and it's going to continue to evolve and look different. But there are jobs right now that I'm sure many people in our audience can't imagine, can't fathom that being a remote job that are going to be drop-dead easy, mm -hmm. easy remote jobs in the future. They may not be today, you know, but they will be. And I think, and we haven't really talked about it, but I would encourage everybody in the audience to think about it. We need to be thinking about our own adaptability and our people, their ability to adapt to these kinds of changes because they're big. They're right. big, big sweeping changes, and they're going to change the workplace at City Hall just like they are at the corporation down the street and the mom and pop down the mm -hmm. street. They're going to affect mm -hmm. all of us. I agree with you. It, it, is, it is constantly evolving. We're going to have to stay on top of it. And the, the key to this game is adapting. We're going to have to continue to adapt and not, uh, we cannot get to a place where we check off the box and say hybrid workforce done. Because I've never known any job where I, I check off my list and I'm done. I'm done and nothing, nothing happens to change again. You know, <laughs> I mean, every day it's a new day and some new problem exists and we're going to have to stay on top of that. Uh, but eligibility 
for the hybrid workforce is, is key. Um, and finally, you've got, when you're trying to determine the eligibility, um, we've, we've kind of lightly touched on it, but remember there's also big benefits that this can benefit a city in savings to utilities and savings to the cost and the workspace and the maintenance for the family. I mean, you are saving the family something too, one less expensive traveling in, commuting, maintenance on the cars, you know, things like that for those that are able to do a remote workplace. So there are a lot of um, things in the background you, you need to consider that can benefit both the, the organization and the employees um, that have to be considered as you look at eligibility and the long-term benefits for both. Coming up next. Coming up next, we've got uh, productivity and connectivity. Connectivity not being necessarily just the computers connecting, but how do you connect to one another in a remote workplace? Because you've got to do that to keep uh, mental health and uh, just teamwork connections for a high-performing team. Thanks for watching and listening to Grow Great, a city government leadership podcast. For Lisa Norris, I'm Randy Cantrell. Be well, do good, grow great. The website is growgreat.com. Thank you.